Hey, good afternoon to you, and welcome along for Finance Today. Stephen Pritchard is here. Good afternoon to you, Stephen. Hope you're well. Good afternoon, Dave. Good. We're taking a look at the commodity market and seeing if there's many changes since seven days ago when we looked at it. Mm, the temperature seems to be cold. That, that has uh, cooled down, yes. Yes, yes. Okay, so that, the gold price the gold price was down at 2.7% on the week to $1,767. Um, the gold stocks have had a very good run the last week. Um, and the silver price, the silver price is the same as last week at twenty six dollars eighty seven. Um, there's not many silver producers listed on ASX, but the couple that are have, have also done quite well in the last few weeks. Um, the copper price is up 1.1% to $6,361 a tonne, and the nickel price is up 3.69% to $13,704 a tonne. Now, the currency, the Australian dollar, continues to rise. Um, it's at 75.98 US cents today, which is up 1.06% since last week. Um, the greatest pound is uh, 57p. Has that settled dollar. down since the Brexit, or is it still uh, a bit volatile? Yeah, it's still, it's still a long way down, but, I mean, it, it's only moved... Um, 0.035% for the week, so okay. that's, that's, that's neither here nor there, really, yeah, you know. Yeah. But it's it's down, um, it's down almost 20, uh, about 80% since the Brexit vote. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so that's good for British exports, of course. Um, uh, the euro, um, we were up against the euro of one about 1.3% to 68.48 euro pence. And we were up against the Canadian dollar by 1.39 to 98.6 Canadian cents. Um, the equity markets all around the world were up. Um, the All Ordinaries Index um, was up 3.5% to 5,470 a short time ago. Um, the US Dow market was up 2.5% to 18,372. And uh, the UK index was up 3.2% to 6,670 and the Hang Seng which is the Hong Kong market was up uh, 4% to 21,322 now the oil price the Wex Texas Intermediate Crude was pretty much stable $62.40 a barrel compared to $62.44 last week so that's the same more or less and the uh, Price at the petrol bowser, which we've had a few people ringing to us last week, um, is a dollar eighteen and point four cents a litre um, compared to a dollar twenty one cents a litre. They're a little bit close now, aren't they? Yeah. yeah school and, holidays still, isn't it? School holidays. Sydney. So oh no, Sydney's a dollar fourteen. So we we were down two percent. Sydney was up at three percent. So dollar yeah. fourteen cents a litre in Sydney. Uh, school holidays end on uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yes. Yes. Lachlan's back at school tomorrow. On Monday, then he's off to the snow on Tuesday. It's all right, isn't it? It's a good life. Back to school on Monday after yeah. two weeks off. Now we're off to the snow for a week. Oh, okay. It's like a holiday. Yeah, all those kids at Marimba, all the year eleven kids. Um, and uh, the the diesel price was a dollar twenty two point six, which was pretty much the same as last week. And Sydney was also similar, a dollar seventeen point five, the same as last week. I've got a question for you. You've always got a question, Dave. Gas in vehicles. Yes. Why does it seem to fluctuate and go up and go up with the the fuel pricing? Shouldn't it be completely different because it's a different thing? Ah, you would have thought so. You would have thought. But they, so. do they do that just to make it so it falls in line and it's almost half what the fuel price is in cars? I don't know. It's a good question. For we might get Kyle Lades back from NRMA and you can ask him. It's just something I've wondered because I thought it should stay at a set price and just be that, shouldn't it? The, well, you would have gas. thought so. I mean, the gas, the gas that you, you it doesn't change through, that much. Sure, your pipe at home doesn't um, uh, doesn't. Uh, Somebody like might that. know and could call us and let us know. Could. Stephen Pritchard, Finance Today. Our guest on the phone now is Henry Jennings. Hi, Henry. 
Hi, Stephen. How are you this morning? Good. Oh, afternoon. Afternoon. It's a bit cool up here. I think it was down to about eight earlier. So. Yeah, that that wind's a bit of a killer, actually. Yeah, absolute killer. And so, yes, so a week's, a week's gone by and we appear that we've got a, a, a coalition government, a, uh, a small uh, majority. So yes. what, what kind of effect do you think this is going to have on the market? Well, the market's had a, a pretty good week. We're now going for a six days straight of up um, and we've uh, gone through the 5,400 level, which I guess is um, somewhat psychologically important from a yep. um, you know, round number basis. So uh, the market's taking it very much in its stride at the, at the moment anyway. And, you know, we, we like certainty in finance people and business people like certainty. They like to know the sort of the playing field they're going to be um, you know, doing business on. And this uh, seems to be a positive, albeit a very small majority. At least it's a majority and we don't have a hung parliament. Yeah, that's one good thing. And of yes. course, some of, some of the mining stocks seem to start to recover. I mean, South Thirty Two is heading back towards its uh, original listing price, which, yes. which at one stage it was down to almost a dollar. So, yeah, yes, it's hard to believe uh, some of these resource stock moves. It's been incredible. Even stocks like Whitehaven Coal, which I guess would be uh, close to the hearts of. Uh, some of your listeners up in the in the Hunter region, uh, from for coal perspective, you know they they got down to under forty cents. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they're a dollar fifty, dollar sixty now. So um, it, it's crazy, and that that forty cents was not that long ago. It was only just back in February, March. So there's been a big rally in resources, and I guess people are, have got this sort of FOMO thing happening at the moment, where they're frightened of missing out, and a lot of funds have been underweight the resource sector. And they're all chasing it. So um, we're, we're seeing these extraordinary moves. We've had uh, you know, stocks like Western Areas, which is a nickel play. They've risen from two dollars to over three. Um, so yeah, it's been uh, it's been extraordinary, really. And as you say, South Thirty Two uh, has doubled uh, from its lows. Yeah, and even Fortescue Metals is is is. Um uh, went over four dollars, which was its highest price four twenty seven earlier today, which was was the highest price since September two thousand and fourteen. Yeah, I mean it's been a great story for this year. I mean they had some production numbers last night showing they shipped uh, around one hundred and sixty nine million tons out of Port Hedland in uh, financial year sixteen, um, which was above market estimates. And there are some uh, forecasters suggesting that they're going to get the the cost of production down to around thirteen dollars US a ton. And if you think iron ore is selling at $50, $55 a tonne, um, that's a pretty ritzy profit margin and is enabling them to pay back a huge amount of their debt, um, which is overhanging them or has been for a while. So uh, Fortescue is a good story um, and there's, there's plenty of um, good resource stories out there at the moment. And, yeah, and the iron ore prices were up 7% last night as well. So that... Yeah, it seems to have uh, become the uh, the speculative plaything again in in China, and uh, you know, there have been some cutbacks in production due to uh, pollution concerns in the north of China, in in towards uh, Beijing. Um, so um, you know they're they're very um, very much geared to that uh, at the moment. And then uh, another resource stock, Illumina's um, prices jumped on the on the base of a twenty percent increase in Illumina. Prices are yeah. in March and June, course. So, so that's up in the dollar forties as well. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, Illumina is very much a function of the uh, the Alcoa share price. Uh, as listeners will probably know, that um, Alcoa is the big U.S. Uh, aluminium producer, and um, and they are at the moment they're splitting into um, component parts to try and uh, get more value out of their business. 
and uh, Illumina here, AWC, is um, is a function of that, as they have uh, they have a JV, and that's basically their only income. So the management just sits there and collects the uh, the dividend checks and doesn't really do anything, with them. and they get huge amounts of money mm. for doing that, which always kind of riles riles mm. me. I must admit, because it's um it's a post kind of a caretaker job. Perhaps we could go down and do it, Henry. Well, it'd be nice, wouldn't it? To be able to have that sort of janitor job that pays uh, five hundred thousand dollars a year or whatever it is, just to uh, sit there and cash the checks from the um, from the That's big right. U.S. parent Alcoa. Yeah, yes, and not bad. Not bad. And speaking of cashing the checks, um, ASIC is pushing on with its pursuit of the banks over the uh, over the alleged rate rigging scandal. Yes, uh, I mean, this is, I guess, is um, you know. The, ASIC actually held out a bit of an olive branch to the banks and said, look, you know, we, we really think you guys uh, should settle. Um, we, we'd like you to settle and we're offering a settlement. Um, but the banks basically said, no, we're going to fight it. We're not going to admit any kind of liability or any kind of wrongdoing in this and we're going to fight you. Uh, the, the penalties are, I think, around a million dollars per um, sort of um, naughtiness event. And, um, you know, I think the banks are up for a collective sort of 80 million bucks in terms of um, fines from ASIC. So it's, it's not an insubstantial amount, but in the scheme of things, when you consider some of the, the billions that have been paid by other banks globally for uh, rate fixing or other scandals or alleged scandals, um, it is a drop in the ocean. And of course, by the time, if this pursues to court, by the time this gets to the end of the road in no doubt the High Court, and the chairman of ASIC will be retired and so will all the managing directors. Yes, I suspect the only people that will win out of this one are going to be the lawyers yet again. So yeah. um, they'll be cranky, cracking up their fees. But um, I guess the banks have got a lot of lawyers that sit around doing very little most of the time, um, just being paid for these such occurrences. So you might as well use them, ah. whereas it will certainly drain ASIC's um, fighting fund, I guess. Yeah, well, we might come back back and talk what's happened with uh, Dick Smith and uh, creditors and the fighting fund sure. there in a moment. Have we still Hi. got the um, special subscription offer going down there at, at Marcus I Today? I think there are some some new financial year special subscriptions to uh, to marcustoday.com.au, so if anyone wants to uh, to take a two-week free trial and see, uh, see the sort of stuff that we put out on a daily basis, uh, it's, uh, it's certainly worth it. Or they can see you on Sky TV or Late Line as well now. Well, yeah, I did ABC this morning too. Yes, Henry, the media star. Anyhow, talking the other media star, Dick Smith, the the, the company, not the person. Um, <laughs> yeah. the, the creditors, the, the the administrators or the liquidators have come out this week and said the creditors aren't going to get any money. And it no. appears the company was trading while insolvent for some period of time. Yes. Um, certainly, you know, it's not a great uh, outcome for... Uh, for shareholders, creditors, or anybody really, this Dick Smith thing, it seems to have been more incompetence um, and bad management and bad strategy than anything else. At least that's what the uh, the report's suggesting. Um, but there are still some, uh, you know, some I guess, some overhanging doubts about um, how private equity basically um, sold this at the top, having milked it for all it was worth. Um, and then kind of walked away. So um, it's not been not been a great uh, corporate story, but um, yeah, it's uh, all those poor people with uh, with gift vouchers won't be getting anything back either. Mm. And of course, down to where the Dick Smith website ended up at Kogan, that listed on the exchange last week at dollar uh, eighty, I think from memory, and, and it, yeah. yeah, and then got down to dollar forty six, and it's made a small recovery, but. That doesn't seem to be setting the world on fire either. 
No, I guess it's um, you know it was a little bit disappointing given that in theory the subscription or the IPO was four times oversubscribed according to the media and the brokers. So a little bit disappointing. Um, I guess there's some concerns about the uh, the internet model still, and we've seen stocks like um, you know, Temple and Webster, and uh, also you know Billabongs and the Surf Stitch in terms of online retailing. Um, although they sort of make a lot of noise. And they sell a lot of products. They're not awfully profitable, um, and they do have issues with stock, etc. So, um, you know, maybe that's uh, spilling over into the sentiment with uh, Kogan. And and a new listing that's coming up is Domacom, which was which was one stage is a property syndication business was trying to uh, syndicate um, or raise money to buy the uh, um, Sydney Kidman pastoral companies. So they're trying to raise ten million. Do you know anything about that? Yes, well, these these guys do a crowdfunding, and they've been doing some crowdfunding for the Kidman cattle station to try and uh, uh, secure part of that or all of that into Australian hands. Uh, and they also do crowd. Well, they also do sort of pro- property yeah. proportional investments, so you can kind of buy a, a portion of a property through them, and it gives you um, like a, a little investment in a big thing. So, uh, interesting IPO, and certainly um, one to watch. Yeah, and then, of course, something to watch is what's happening down at the AMP China Growth Fund is uh, a number of the unit holders have got together and want to wind the thing up, and AMP is not too keen about that. Well, AMP is not too keen because they derive fees from this fund, and it's always been a a massive underperformer and traded at a big discount to the actual value of the shares it invests in. And there's a couple of uh, big shareholders, Jeff Wilson at Wilson Asset Management, and another couple of guys that have got together, and they want to wind it up sell the shares and uh, then return the cash to the shareholders. It was trading at around a 20% discount to uh, the value of those underlying shares. So obviously there is some value there for these guys. Um, But the AMP does want to uh, keep hold of it because the fees are uh, a good money source for them. Hmm, Which will see what happens at the meeting. Too bad about the investors as long as they get their fees. Well the, well, the investors, yeah. I mean, it's it's always a problem with these uh, licensed uh, investment companies is whether they trade at a premium or a discount to, uh, to assets. And this mm-hmm. one has been a perennial discount. So uh, mm-hmm. they need to do something to uh, to close up that, that uh, difference. Mm-hmm. And in the UK, some of their property funds seem to have been frozen because uh, people have been trying to get their money out on the fear that the price of uh, UK property is going to fall after uh, the Briggs vote. Yeah, I mean, this is always a problem. If you, if you invest in a big fund that has a lot of office blocks or a lot of commercial property and everybody wants out at the same time, it's very hard for that fund to uh, to sell part of the property or, or to liquidate assets very quickly. If they did have to do that, it would, you know, they'd have to take a sort of a far sale price. So um, these funds have uh, frozen um, the, uh, the, the funds so that people can't sort of uh, get access to those. Uh, those properties or that, that part of the money at the moment, which is, I guess, kind of sensible because you don't want uh, big property funds selling you know, properties yep. willy-nilly on a daily basis. It would just be crazy. Yeah, the same thing happened here with the GFC. And some of them well, are still Well, it did. Frozen. I mean, it, it did bring back some memories of the GFC, mm. but it is somewhat different, but, yep. um, but certainly it did bring back some memories. Yeah. Okay, thanks for that, Henry. We'll talk Always to you again Thanks, Stephen. Next week. Bye, Henry. Stay warm. I've tried. Cheers. We'll check in again with Henry Jennings next uh, Thursday afternoon here at 2NURFM. Now, 22 minutes to one. Our topic today is your credit rating. What can you tell us about our credit rating? What can we find out about it? Well, we're going to talk about uh, what it is and um, what your credit score is and uh, why it's important and various documents people get you to sign when you go for a loan. 
and some ways you might be able to improve your credit yes, rating. Yes. And, of course, I- importance of actually getting a copy of your credit rating and, and why you need to uh, check it from time to time. Now, we can all, all get our credit rating. Is it expensive to, to try and get a copy of it? No, no, you can you can get your, you're entitled to get your credit rating once a year for free off the oh, for credit, free okay for free off the credit um, reporting agencies right yeah now the two major ones are, are Vida and Dun and Bradstreet now when you go on and get your free one what they'll also try and do is sell you um, so they've got I think they've got ten days to give you a copy of it but what they'll try and do is charge you a fee oh. to get it straight away so unless you urgently want it I'd suggest you just wait and get it just wait yeah. 10 days and it, it just gets mail, emailed out to you in the normal course of events now what you what you what the traditional credit rating what what the traditional credit rating was was just a list of all the times you'd actually applied for credit and if you had any um judgments against you or defaulted on your land repayments that that all got recorded on the credit rating with the credit rating agency now you went, then went and got a copy of that and you could check whether um, you know, the information was correct. Now, what's come out in the last 12 months, which has followed up from the US, is this thing called a credit score. So what they've done is they've converted all this historical credit rating agency number information into a specific number. Right. And the numbers range between zero, yes. the people who are uh, high risk, and, and 1,200 and there's there's various scales in between. So someone around 600 is regarded as a reasonable credit score, and someone above 900 is regarded as an excellent credit score. Oh, that's good then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So as a, as a part of this part of this development, now this is why credit credit rating and credit reference reports are quite important to you, the consumer. Um, when it, whenever you go to whenever you go and and to um, borrow some money, um, you're quite often asked to sign a privacy consent form. And what that privacy consent form is, it enables the lender to go off to the credit rating agency and get a copy of your credit report. Um, And and so they often will use that to assess um, your credit worthiness and Mm -hmm. decide whether you should be given a loan or not. Okay. 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 Now, what's happened since this this, this, um, number this thing's been reduced to one of these numbers. Um, there, there's now at least two lenders I know that, that, that what would you call them, peer-to-peer lenders, who, who now will assess your credit worthiness purely on this number. So they basically, um, you, you borrow the money through uh, applying on the internet. Um, they'll check your credit reference and the credit reference or the tra- credit score rather number that the credit agency advises them will determine a whether they're going to lend you some money and b the interest rate they're going to charge. Okay. Now the number system is that used elsewhere in the world? Uh, it's come across from the US. Okay. So. In the US, you often hear on the movies this thing called a FICO score, which I'm not actually sure what it stands for, but but it's 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 the credit reference, the okay. same as the credit score here. So once again. Um, if you want, um, if you want to uh, uh, find out what your credit uh, reference number or your credit score number is, um, you know there's a number of places on the internet you can get that for free. But just be careful: is one once you register, that they're likely to try and want to sell you a loan if you've got a good credit credit uh, okay credit uh, score. So um, now. Um, 
how to improve it is, is, or how to make sure you, how to improve your credit reference is, is to make sure you make your repayments on time. I mean, if your if your payments a certain time late, the 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 the, the provider of the credit can can report you to the credit reference association, and it's all buried in those long terms and condition contracts that I'm sure no one actually reads. Yeah. Um, and and that goes on your credit reference and decreases your your credit score and and is on there. Okay. Now, anything else we should know about or we can find out about our yeah, credit Yeah, I mean, what, what we need to do is is you need to – I'd suggest everyone gets hold of your credit reference report, you know, get your free 12-month copy and, and I'd get it off both the major suppliers, which is mm-hmm. Dunbrats and Invita, and have a look at it because 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 a bad credit reference, a bad credit rating can affect, um, you know, um, applications for home loans, car loans, um, even your um, uh, telco or um, – People like that are now relying more and more on your credit reference. Now you need to get get hold of that report and check it and make sure it's right. Now it's not unknown. Can you dispute anything on? Yeah, that? yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a whole dispute process. It's not unknown that that the information contained on these reports are incorrect. Yes. Um, you know, and maybe like, it's something that you defaulted, but you eventually paid up and fixed up. Yep. But it doesn't reveal that. That's on right. There. And that's right. That's that's a good point. If you defaulted and paid up. Or it's been incorrectly recorded. They've got you mixed up with with another Stephen Pritchard who who lives in Melbourne, for mm-hmm. example, and someone. You know, all this stuff's just a lot of it's just. Does, does he have a better credit rating than you? Well, we won't complain if oh, he's got a better credit yeah, rating. Good, but but you know, and you hear about these people who of identity theft. Part of this, you know, it goes on the credit rating. Um, people have the wrong information recorded on their credit reference, so you need to check it and get it fixed up. When you apply to get it, what do you need to give some kind of privacy? Information to cover uh, yourself so nobody else just, can, just from, tax file number or something. No, or? no I can't use. They're not allowed no. to use tax file number. Um, generally, it's your um, date of birth, uh, your full name, uh, your residential address, yeah. and your driver's license number. Yes. Now, lots of credit agencies seem to reference to the driver's license number because that's a unique number. Uh, they're not allowed by law to collect your um, tax file number, okay. so they can't use that. And even if they did collect your tax file number, you're not allowed to use your tax file number as a reference, as a database reference mm. tool. So they tend to use the um, driver's license number. Now, what happens if you don't have a driver's license? Um, I'm... Not sure. Not sure. Yeah. I suppose you can go and get one of those state identity cards, which I assume they've got a, yeah. a unique number. Um, yeah, so, so you just uh, fill that form in, and it usually gets emailed back to you in, well, I think by law they've got to send it to you in 10 days. But in the meantime, what they'll try and do is send you various emails saying that, you know, if you want this thing quicker, you can pay $74 and, you know, and that in itself is probably a breach of the Act because they're actually using yeah. this information for a different purpose to what was originally intended. But, yeah, get hold of your credit reference uh, report, check the entries on it, make sure that, that they are actually belong to you and they haven't been mixed up with someone. And if there is any um, bills that you were late paying and you're fixed up, you need to go back to the original person and get them to adjust your credit reference report. When you are FM 103.7, we're talking about your credit rating today, part of Finance Today. Alison has a question for you, Stephen Pritchard. Hello, Alison. Hi, Hi. Alison. Um, we've never had a home loan. We finished paying our last car off years ago. Do we still have like a credit? Would we still have a credit rating? Uh, you'd have a credit reference report. And I'd say yes. Um, you know, it doesn't. It doesn't come from home loans. It comes from any 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 type of credit you've had. So if you've got a credit card. 
right. You've got a telephone bill, I assume, mobile phone bill. Yeah, yeah. We've never had a credit, haven't had a credit card for years either. But yeah, a telephone bill and all that sort of stuff. Telephone, so it comes any, from- store account. Anyone that provides you credit and you've signed a privacy consent form, you can be pretty sure that they've recorded it with one of the credit uh, firms. So you know, just just go on and you, you've got an internet. You've got an internet home, have you? No, I haven't. I've got a daughter who can look it up for me. Okay, so what you want to just go is on the VEDA site and, and put in your details and, and, and request them to uh, email the free report out to you. And it takes about 10 days. And also there's um, the other the other one who, the other large, there's a number of credit bureau type arrangements, but the two largest ones are VEDA. Um, VEDA's the largest one. And then there's Dun & Bradstreet. How do which you is spell also- that? VDA. It is VEDA. Yeah, VEDA. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And Dun and Bradstreet. Um, and and uh, I just go and put my details in that and, and see what comes out. Now, I, I, I did mine just to see what would happen. And they had um, stuff on it that was back to the commercial banking company of Sydney in 1985 or something or right? oh. so, so, so So once it gets on there, it appears to be. It appears to be on there forever. Oh, okay. So, so back then, back and things have slightly changed. But back then, um, once someone made an inquiry, that got recorded. Um, yeah. Then, um, but there's a, it's a lot more detailed information goes on there there now than than than. Then. So I'm sure that you're. I, w- I would not be surprised rather that this this car line you had details but some details were stored on there but yeah if you're interested it doesn't cost anything money it doesn't cost any money just a bit of time to register and and you can do it once every 12 months and, and get the reports for free and I, I'd probably use do both of the big agencies okay okay, okay. thanks Thank Alison definitely worth, definitely worth getting Alison so yeah, there you go sure. yeah, uh, and, that, and that's Bye. one reason that you know if your child's got a mobile phone uh, make sure they keep the payments. Don't, yes, yes. Don't, don't let them just decide not to pay. The, the we're not going to use this phone anymore. We're not not going to pay it. Yes, they they might not. The, the telco company might not pursue you because the amount's too small. But it'll go on your credit report and it'll affect later on. Okay. Well, that's it. Time's beaten us again. Thank you for your time today. Okay. Thanks, Dave.